What is up? Hello, everybody, and happy Friday. Here we are at episode five of the Green Skies podcast. Yes, it's me, Will Shinerhan, always as the host. A little bit later this week, uh, so I kind of uh, apologize for that, but hey, we're here. We're going. We're going to break down the Jets versus Broncos. We're going to preview the Jets versus Cardinals. We're going to talk a little NFL, give you a little fancy football. There's like a lot to digest today on this Friday, and I'm actually kind of happy I waited this long to get this episode out with what has you know, been reported as the week has gone on with the COVID with Darnold. Uh, so yeah, we're going to get into that. Um, I'm not going to, like, it's been so long since that Broncos game, like literally over a week. I'm not going to sit here and break down that, break that down as much as uh, I've done with past games, just because we know it by now. We've gone over it. You've listened to it. You've digested it. You've talked about it. So this is going to be a little bit of a quicker episode. I do not have a guest. Again, I said I was going to get one. Didn't get one. Reached out. Nobody, you know, a lot of people were too busy, they said. So, hey, whatever. We go for it. We go with it. We keep rolling. And uh, we're going to we're gonna gonna make this episode as uh, as good as it can be. So, yeah. Episode 5. Jets lose to the Broncos last week. Going to host the Cardinals this week. Tentatively, I guess you would say. Um, there have been reports. Adam Schefter reported it this morning that the Jets training facility was shut down team is going virtual until they have results of the test they are rerunning on the player who tested positive this morning. So, yes, someone tested positive for COVID, shut it down. Everyone went home. Going to go into that a little bit more. We'll go into that more in like a probably like a few minutes here after we break down the Broncos game. But that's the big news today is the COVID result. We're going to digest that a little bit more. But we'll take a little quick break, come back, talk Jets, Broncos really quickly. Honestly, we're not going to waste too much time on that. So just stick with me here. We'll get through that. Then we'll get this episode really rolling. All right, Jets Broncos. So last Thursday, Denver, they had to travel to MetLife. Jets hosted them. They were both 0 3 coming in. Uh, Brett Rippian was Rippian Rippian was playing his first game. Darnold was under center for the Jets. The Jets had a few more players back. Jamison Crowder was back. Nice to see him get into the action. But yeah, you know this felt like a game coming in. You really didn't know. What was going to happen? You thought the Jets maybe were favored with the short week travel the Broncos had to do and just how injured the Broncos were, but that was not the case. Unfortunately, the Jets drop one, drop another one. They fall to 0-4. Broncos go to 1-3 as they beat the Jets 37-28. to So this game, again, I'm not going to go really in-depth into here, but the things that I saw that were good were Darnold. Sam Darnold was good when he was before that nasty sack that I really cannot believe was not an unnecessary roughness, the one that has since injured him, which we'll talk about a little bit too. But before that, he was making plays, specifically with his legs. Uh, I loved seeing the fact that the, the play would break down and he was not afraid to just bust out of the pocket and go. You kind of actually saw that with Daniel Jones for the Giants in their game against the Rams. But yeah, Darnold, he actually rushed the ball, six carries, 84 yards, of course highlighted by that that wild 46-yard touchdown run where you weren't sure if he was going to go down about seven times before he reached the end zone. He was kind of like dragging his feet, looked like he was he was running out of steam, but he got there. A uh, fantastic play by him showing, showing us all that playmaking ability that we know is there. So 
that was fantastic to see. He goes 23 of 42, 230 yards, sacks six times. So he was dealing with a ton of pressure all game, specifically because Mekhi Becton, he was also banged up, hurt, did not play. So just, you know, those are probably the two most important players to the Jets' offense, and unfortunately they were not playing, or they, they were playing injured. Um, Darnold got sacked, left for a little bit. Flacco comes in, throws two balls, and then Darnold comes back, and you could just tell he really it was bugging him his shoulder and now of course that's what's going to keep him out um but again I'll go into that a little bit but Darnold was a big plus Jamison Crowder just really underrated receiver I actually listen Alan Robinson on the Bears is better but from watching like Alan Robinson last night guy's fantastic Jamison Crowder's fantastic just there's like a whole actual like group of receivers in the NFL that just do not get their due, and I'm here to advocate for the likes of Allen Robinson and then the other likes of Jamison Crowder. Just a little side note. But Crowder gets 10 targets, 7 receptions, 104 yards, and you just see Sam Darnold play a lot better with Crowder in the fold, which is what you would expect when a good receiver is there playing. But they have a very good connection. Crowder has Crowder has a very good ability to readjust his routes as Sam Darnold, you know, escapes the pocket, extends the plays. You just always feel like Crowder is the one on the receiving end of such plays. And then uh, Jeff Smith, he yeah, actually had a nice game. Seven receptions for 81 yards. So it's, you know, everybody wants to sit there and fold their hands and be upset at the fact that, oh, the Jets don't have, you know, this and that. But hey, it, it, part of these teams is, is you got to see guys step up. And Jeff Smith coming in and getting nine targets, seven receptions for 81 yards, is the, that's the type of stuff you need to see. Granted, yes, the Broncos struggle against the pass. I understand that. But still, fantastic to see that, see a guy emerge, have a big game, be another option. And I was happy to see, you know, two big games from the receivers and Darnold. I did. I thought Darnold played very well before the injury. And I think that everybody's um, understanding of and, and perception on how Darnold play and played in this one. But, of course, like going into the unfortunate, just the, the, the stuff you just don't want to see, it's really just the penalties, right? Undisciplined, 11 penalties for 118 yards. Listen, Denver at 8 for 94, and that isn't really amazing. You know, that's not good. 11 for 118 is just, you can't do it. It's a lot, it was a lot of like personal fouls, unnecessary roughness, the Quentin Williams one. It's just, listen, that one's tough, but you can't be giving up the yards like that. You're just not going to win football games. And it's just as simple as that, really. I'm not going to go that much more into it. And then, of course, they lost. So another loss, a game where you feel like they really had it. Again, they drop it 37 to 28. They go to 0-4. Now they're going to play the Cardinals, and the Cardinals are a uh, are, are very good football team. Um, obviously, their stats don't really reflect that. I mean, the record, you look at the record, and you see, okay, they're 2-2. Two two. They've points forced 98. They've allowed 92. So they started 2-0, and now they've dropped the last two. So you might think, okay, well, maybe this is a team on the slide. Maybe this is a team you can catch. Like, listen, the, the Cardinals are really, really good. Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake. DeAndre Hopkins, of course, Christian Kirk defense is pretty, has some playmakers at least, but I'll go into that more with the preview, which we'll get into probably in about a few seconds here. But yeah, it's the outlook is kind of foggy right now for the Jets, um, specifically because Darnold gets injured, which I want to talk about for a little bit here where it's just tough where you really can't evaluate this guy because he's been hurt. He hasn't played a full 16. His first two seasons in the NFL, he has dealt with injuries, and here he gets another one, which is just sucks for the progress, the progression of this guy because this one's a little bit more serious because it happens to be his shoulder. So Darnold going down, Flacco's going to get the start. I'd expect this offense to be a little bit more just 
run first again, a lot of run plays, a lot of screens. You know, uh, Flacco is never a guy who's butts in an open downfield. So we will see what the veteran does in place of Darnold while Darnold rehabs his injury. And then, of course, the COVID. So the COVID thing, we don't know. I, I, I'm assuming the Jets will play. Maybe they will not play on Sunday. Maybe they play on Tuesday because Monday already has two more Monday night games again. I think the Patriots game got slotted into that, that, that slot again. But this is, you know, this is a serious issue. This is something that we all knew teams would have to deal with entering the season. And here you go. And it reports that the Jets have had one case. Although some people have seemed to report, you know, this doesn't mean that they're not playing on Sunday. This, you know, it's one guy. We have to test for an outbreak. Unlike, you know, the Titans have an outbreak. The Jets, it might be just one guy where they contained it. So we'll see. Um, It's just the nature of the beast this year where you really just got to take it day by day, game by game, week by week, and, and, and see where you are and see how everyone's health is and see if everybody's safe. So that's really the deal right now. The Jets are 0-4. They're going to play the Cardinals, who are 2-2. Two and two. Darnold will not be playing. If they do play, he is injured. Joe Flacco will be playing. And we'll have to wait and see what the if the game is held on Sunday, if it's held on another day, if it's held at all as they deal with the COVID. So um, I'm going to take a quick break, come back. We're going to preview this Cardinals matchup. I'm going to talk about some, some players to watch, Let's talk about the matchups to look into. Then we'll get into some overall NFL talk, and I'll wrap it up with fantasy football. Again, shorter episode this week, probably maybe 30, 40 minutes. But, yeah, stick with me, and we'll, we'll, we'll go into this game. All right, time for the preview of the Jets-Cardinals game, which will take place at MetLife Stadium on Sunday, 1 p.m. kickoff. Arizona's coming to the slightly cold weather, right? Getting a little bit more frigid up here in the, in the Northeast. But yeah, they'll travel to New York. They will play the Giants. Or Sorry, they'll play the Jets, um, led by Joe Flacco. So what are the Cardinals about? What do they do? What do they do well? What don't they do well? What do they struggle with? We're here to talk about it. The Cardinals... So you all you you know about the Cardinals, right? You know Kyler Murray is their quarterback. You know they traded for quite possibly the best wide receiver in the NFL and DeAndre Hopkins. They have Kenyon Drake, a very good playmaking running back. They also have Chase Edmonds, a good change of pace guy. So you know they have those good role players. They have Christian Kirk, very good receiver, you know, good secondary option. And they also have the uh, veteran uh, Larry Fitzgerald. And Larry's just been sure-handed as he has, you know, as he's been since day one. So offensively, they kind of steal the headlines. Um, but when you really break it down to the offense, they have not been a fantastic offense this year. Currently, they are 20th in the NFL in points forced with 98. To put that into perspective, Green Bay leads in one, with 152, and the Giants are at the bottom of the league with 47. So they're right in the middle of the pack, respectable enough. But quite honestly, you kind of expect, you kind of feel like you expect more from this offense. Their yards is 17th in the NFL. 
passing yards there, 21st, and they only have seven touchdowns to five interceptions, and that falls on the shoulders of their quarterback, Kyler Murray. He's completed a high percentage of his passes, but he just has not been that passer yet. I mean, don't get me wrong. Kyler Murray is a fantastic playmaker, fantastic playmaker. That's And, and really, that's why the Cardinals started 2-0, and they are 2-2. Two two. But he gets a lot of damage on the ground, 265 yards rushing and four touchdowns, which is why their rushing attack is sixth in the NFL with 578 yards and five scores. It's just they have so much to – you have so much to worry about with Drake and, and Kyler Murray – that their, their rushing their rushing attack has has been dominant. It's it kind of in a way like Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. But again, of course, I'm not saying and equating Murray to Lamar or Jackson to Drake or, or Ingram to Drake and so on. I'm just saying it's kind of like that offense where you got to worry about the running back running as much as you got to worry about the quarterback running. So yes, rush they 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 kill you on the ground in the air a little bit less, but. They get away with it because when they go to the air, it's listen. It's not like he's throwing to slouches, right? Like you have to, you have to respect it. You have to respect the pass game because they have DeAndre Hopkins. Like I said, probably one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and I think he's probably like. Sorry, I didn't mean to just. What I just said is wrong. He is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I think he might be the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. He has thirty nine receptions, three hundred and ninety seven yards, and one touchdown. It's just you you got to respect the pass and the play action, which is why it's so tough to defend this team. And that's why they kind of they win their games. It's like, okay, worry about Kyler Murray ripping off maybe a read. Worry about Kenyon Drake ripping off a run. Oh, yeah, here's Christian Kirk who might be able to break one open downfield. Oh, and then here's DeAndre Hopkins. So he's gone for over 130 yards twice this year, Hopkins. Ten-plus catches twice this year. He's received as many as six targets and no less than nine. For a team like the Jets that struggle to defend the pass, you'd have to imagine they're going to play him a little bit softer. He's going to get a lot of action underneath, and he's going to get a high volume of receptions and targets again. But it's really just about keeping him in check. Don't let the big plays happen. Don't let Christian Kirk rip, rip one off. Don't let Murray get a long run. But again, this is just how the offense does it. And it almost feels like this offense is going to break out. We're just waiting for that, you know, that domino to, to fall where all of a sudden this team is going to be scoring a ton of points. They're going to be ripping off wins. They're going to be super dynamic because their defense is really, really dang good so far to start the season. I, they drafted Isaiah Simmons. They put a lot of attention to the defense this year, and it's paying off. Currently, they have limited uh, the opposition to 92 points. That means they are tied for they are technically tied for eighth. Pro Football Reference doesn't like put the ties <clears throat> ties to it, but they are tied with New England with ninety two. So that's good company to be in, and it's rather surprising. Again, you did not really peg this defense to be like amazing to start to amazing. They have led they have led up the fourteenth fewest yards total yards. They have defended the pass pretty well. Only 950 yard, 50 yards, but they've allowed seven touchdowns to one pick. They're not necessarily forcing the turnovers, right? They've only forced three. So they're limiting the opposition to points and forcing them you know, to go three and out and so on, but they're just not getting the turnovers. And rushing the ball, again, they are very good against the rush, or at least good enough against the rush, kind of middle of the pack. In that aspect, that's actually more where they're, um, they're more um, susceptible to give up action as they have allowed the 15th most 498 yards so 
a really good defense, an offense that could go off at any given moment, has the playmakers, it's going to be a tough matchup. This is this is not your typical Cardinals team. When you go look at it, they have scored 24 or more twice. They've scored 20 points or more every single game, but they have also given up 25 or more twice. So this team is kind of like, what, you don't really know what you're going to get from the Cardinals every time they're out. Sometimes they're going to look, look like the best offense in the league and they're going to beat you down 30-15 to 15 like they did to the Washington football team. Or they lose a 31-21 to 21 game to a team like the Carolina Panthers. So there's some middle ground there. There are two other games. They snuck a, snuck a win against the Niners 24-20, to 20, and then they dropped a 26-23 to 23 game to the Detroit Lions. So when you look at their stats, you look at on paper, you look into what they're about, just kind of like a, a very run-heavy offense where they're going to try to possess the ball. They're going to they're not they're going to play good defense, not necessarily take the ball away a lot, but they're going to they're going to make you earn it. They're going to keep the game close, and they're a team that could really go one way or the other. It seems like uh, when you look at their total yards, they've gone for over 400 twice. But when they lost to the Panthers, they were held to just 262. And according to Pro Football Reference, they have not thrown for over 300 yards once. But they've gone for over 100 rushing yards every game. So it's going to be a test for the Jets, obviously. Guys, you got to look out for it. I already highlighted Kyler Murray. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Greg Williams plays him. I almost think you have to play Kyler Murray how you play Lamar Jackson, you want to make him a pocket passer. You want to keep him in the pocket. You don't want him escaping, making plays, shifting the pocket, finding those, you know, getting everybody moving where you're losing guys in coverage and making play that way. So I think you're not going to send a bunch of blitzes. Albeit the Jets don't really have the defensive backs to defend for that long and in coverage. So this is really what I'm going to be looking out for is that just how Greg Williams deploys his defense against Murray. What he does is he's going to try to heat the young quarterback up. He's going to have to try to, if he takes the runaway, which he could with the guys like Quentin Williams, if you take that runaway and make them have to force themselves to throw, then yeah, you got a very interesting game on your hand, which is very winnable because Kyler Murray has just not proven that he's the pocket passer. That he's going to make enough passes just yet. Hopkins, I already highlighted Hopkins, him, just how are you going to handle him? I'd imagine they're going to just double him all day. You got to give him double attention. You got to give him two men on him just because he's just that good. He's that good. Make the other guys beat you. Make Christian Kirk beat you. Make Shale get a few catches. Make the tight ends get some action. But Christian Kirk is kind of one of the one area I'm really interested in because he's like that second option that can be a very good playmaker. Uh, when he was coming out of college, I was actually hoping somehow the Jets would draft him because he's a good receiver. Good little good good playmaker and someone that that people don't really pay attention to enough. So I'm going to be interested to see how he goes, how he plays, how the Jets contain him. So basically, what I'm watching is is Greg Williams. How is he going to keep? Is he going to keep Murray in the pocket, heat him up? How are they going to defend DeAndre Hopkins? And what's Christian Kirk going to do? Is Christian Kirk going to get a lot of attention this week? Um, then on the Jets side, you know, with Flacco, he's a veteran. This is a good defense. He's going to be able to kind of read what they're doing earlier than maybe, say, Darnold would. He's been around the block, so he's seen all these coverages. He's seen what teams try to do, you know, for just being in the league so long. I want to see how the receivers such as Crowder play against it, um, against this defense. Um, <clears throat> it sounds like you might be able to see – we might see Le'Veon Bell back this week. Who knows? Denzel Mims could come back this week. Who knows? Sounds like Bell would be more likely than Mims. Paramount and unsure. So 
I don't think you're going to see Mims this week. Give him another week. Perriman's got that knee, so who knows? But Bell, quite honestly, could be playing this week. So there's, if that happens, it's a completely different preview. The Jets' offense looks way different with Flacco against the Cardinals. So we'll see. That's something you know we're going to have to pay attention to. This is Friday. Maybe we get, so Sunday morning if they do play, we would hear about the actives and inactives. So that's really my breakdown again of the Cardinals Jets. Sorry, I did not have a guest to go deeper into this. It's just you know, hey, we take it as it comes. So we're gonna keep keep doing it. I don't mind doing the previews. It actually makes me understand it more. It keeps me more in, into the game and so on. So yeah, car. That is the preview of the Arizona Cardinals versus the Jets this Sunday at one p.m. at MetLife Stadium. We're gonna take a quick break again. We will come back. We'll just do a little overall NFL discussion, talk about some of the division, talk about some of the AFC Titans. Who knows what's going on with that? The Pats had another positive test. And then I'm going to give you my fantasy football, as I always do. Then we will wrap it up, as I said, around 35, maybe 40-ish minutes this week. So take a quick break. We'll come back and do all that. All right, we are back. Let's talk a little NFL action. Week five kicked off uh, last night. Today's Friday with the Buccaneers losing to the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are probably one of the most surprising teams in the NFL. When you last night when I was watching this game, I'm like, yeah, they're three and one. Like, what the hell? But yeah, they are. They are now four and one. They beat the. They snuck one out last night against Tampa, twenty to nineteen. That defense is good. They were getting a Brady all night. Unfortunately, I, I didn't see this because I would watch the end of the Yankees game and some of the Dodgers playoff game, but people had been saying that uh, Brady just like forgot it down, stormed off the field, and shake Nick Foles' hand. So, hey, all sounds like it is going well in Tampa, right? We thought that when Brady and everybody went down there, they'd be 3-2. and two. No. But, hey, they're 3-2. and two some growing pains, and they're still first in the division in a division that they're still favored in. But, yeah, Chicago Bears are 4-1. and one. Nick Foles is the man under center now, and they lead their – or, I'm sorry, they are a game behind um, Green Bay. Green Bay is 4-0 because, of course, they haven't played yet. But, yeah, Chicago, Tampa Bay, pretty interesting week five kickoff matchup. Uh, we're going to go in the AFC East, talk about that real – like we usually do because that's what, we, you know, that's what matters to us. So – AFC East is Buffalo's to lose, in my opinion. They are 4-0. Josh Allen is, I'm telling you, Russell Wilson is fantastic. And if Russell will, if both teams finish relatively close and both performances by each player fall keep in this consistent manner, Russell Wilson's obviously going to get the MVP, but Josh Allen deserves, deserves a lot of consideration. Really just really good this year, and has completely changed the way he plays and, and his development has been awesome. You know, I, he's playing for the Bills, a rival in the division to Jets fans, so some Jets fans won't be happy about that, but he's really good, and the the Bills are really good. They're 4-0. They are one of the four undefeated teams in the NFL, or in the AFC. Each division has an undefeated uh, representative. Kansas City's 4-0 in the AFC. 
Tennessee, albeit we don't know when they're going to play again. They're 3-0. Pittsburgh's 3-0. And, of course, Buffalo's 3-0. New England sitting at 2-2. They did not have Cam Newton in their last game against the Chiefs, so it really was not a contest, and, like, they hadn't been practicing with the COVID. So it's tough, and that's one of those things you're seeing in the NFL where – as a fan, so if I'm like a Patriots fan, like am I really that upset about that performance? You had Hoyer and Stidham come in. They just didn't look good against the AFC, you know, Super Bowl favorites without practice. Like that's what's really tough when you lose that practice. And I think it's asking a lot where players just – you're putting players in danger in my opinion. But uh, So Eng- New England just kind of limped through that game as I thought they would. They literally did not fly to – I don't think they flew to Kansas City until the morning of that game because they had to wait for test results. So like it, that was kind of like a given that they were kind of – Kansas City kind of had a layup there. But they, they still played well. I mean, of course, Bill Belichick teams always do. Then you go to the AFC North. Right? The AFC North is probably the most interesting division, and not even probably the most interesting division in this whole conference because Pittsburgh is three and zero, but they hadn't they, they didn't play uh, last week. Then you have Cleveland three and one, who just absolutely shelled the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to talk about Dallas in like a few seconds, but <laughs> I'd be concerned if I'm a Cowboys fan. But Cleveland went in there into Dallas, beat them. They almost they almost surrendered the lead at the end. It got really close because Dallas's offense is just. I mean, when they get going, you're on your heels as a defense. But Cleveland's offense was really good in that game. Um, they went in. Mayfield looked good. Jarvis Landry threw a touchdown. Odell had a huge game, and they they won their game, uh, forty nine to thirty eight. So when you drop forty nine points, it's really tough to find anybody on offense who had a bad day, right? Uh, but unfortunately for them, Nick Chubb is hurt. Uh, but Fortunately for them, they have Kareem Hunt as the backup. So yeah, that, that division is going to be interesting. And then Baltimore's three and one, and Cincinnati's one two and one. Burrow has been good. They've been competitive. Um, T Higgins is emerging as a as a target for him, fantasy sleeper possibly. He's not on not on my list or any of my lists so far, but he has been good. Uh, fellow rookie to Burrow. Then you go into the AFC South. Um, Jacksonville's one and three. Houston's just zero and four, and they they fired Bill O'Brien and. I talked about DeAndre Hopkins in the preview. I mean, that's a guy who probably should still be in Houston, but hindsight's hindsight. What are you going to do about it? And unfortunately for Deshaun Watson and Texans, it's just that's tough. You're all in four. There isn't really – it just isn't much hope it looks like so far. But you get a refresh, new GM. You're going to get a new group in there, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully they can surround him with talent and, and make him into the star he should be. And then Kansas City's 4-0. They lead the AFC West. Vegas is two and two. Chargers one three. Denver one and three. Denver might get Drew Locke back. I think Chargers Herbert looks amazing. He went toe to toe with Tom Brady's last game. Went toe to toe with uh, Mahomes in his first game. And the Raiders are. You know, I was on this podcast I think last week, maybe a week before, saying the Raiders look like they're back. They're two and two now, and they've just they're like not listening to any of the COVID protocols. And they got their whole issues to worry about. And Kansas City's just Kansas City. Let's just leave it at that, right? <laughs> but um. And then in the NFC, I'm just going to run down the divisions. I won't go too in-depth because it's the NFC. But uh, the NFC East is just – it is what it is. The Eagles will lead it with one, a record of 1-2-1. and one. Washington football team is 1-3. Dallas is 1-3. Giants are 0-4. I think Dallas and, and the Giants play this weekend, so that will probably be a Dallas win. But Dallas should be much better than they are. That offense is amazing. Kellen Moore is a great coordinator. Dak Prescott has taken the step, albeit, yes, he does have a ton of weapons. But CeeDee Lamb's been a great – I mean, you look at the receiving core. It's just ridiculous. Like, get your hands on a Dallas Cowboy if you play fantasy football, first and, for, first and foremost. Uh, Michael Callup is good. 
Amari uh, Cooper's fantastic. We know what Amari Cooper does. CeeDee Lamb, he's fantastic rookie. Schultz has emerged as a good tight end following Blake Jarwin's injury. Ezekiel Elliott's Ezekiel Elliott. Yes, the offensive line is not the offensive line it used to be, and I believe they did just lose Tyron Smith for the rest of the year, which is a huge blow. Huge blow. But Dak Prescott has been amazing too. So they are really fun to watch. I tell you, I know a lot of people do not like them, but they're a fun team to watch. But their defense has just been struggling mightily. Um, then you go to the NFC North, where I said Chicago's 4-1, Green Bay's 4-0. Then you have a pair of 1-3 teams with Minnesota and Detroit. Go down to Tampa. Tampa leads that division, like I said, 3-2. and two. Carolina and New Orleans are both 2-2. Two and two, And Atlanta's 0-4 again. Just oh, what's going on with Atlanta? Just what a what a fall from grace that has been. Then in Seattle, or in the NFC West, Seattle's 4-0. Rams are 3-1, and one, and... A lot of people wrote the Rams off after last year, but McVay and um, Goff are kind of dialing it up again, and, and they're winning a lot of football games. They kind of look like that team that went to the Super Bowl. Not fully, but kind of. Then San Francisco and this their onslaught of injuries they've been dealing with. They're 2-2, two and, two, and Arizona, the opponent for this weekend for the Jets, is also 2-2. Two and two. So that's kind of like the current status of the NFL. I want to talk about kind of MVP favorites as I already went into, but Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. It's Russell Wilson and Josh Allen right now, I think, honestly. You can throw Mahomes in there. Um, I don't know who else you're putting up there. Maybe Dak Prescott, but they're one and three. Um, but yeah, they're at maybe Rodgers too. But Russell Wilson's just fantastic. That Seattle has like completely shifted away from what they were. Like, remember when Wilson first came up, it was the Legion of Boom. He was kind of a game manager, and they played through the defense. Now that is the complete opposite. That defense is decent, and it's, I mean, it's substantially better when Jamal Adams is playing. But now it's just Wilson in that offense. Um, he, Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, who is just, someone give this guy some love. One of the better wide receivers in the entire NFL. But I would say, just you know, just a quick MVP hit. It's got to be Russell Wilson. He is fantastic. But then Josh Allen is like right there behind him. So I'd say right now your MVP consideration it's him and Allen, Russell Russell Wilson and Josh Allen. And then there's been a good you know good crop of rookies this year. Makai Becton getting some Jets love has been fantastic. Albeit he's been hurt, but he'll come back hopefully and, and be that stout you know, anchor at left tackle for the Jets. But uh, that's kind of my overall NFL talk. Current division layouts, who's hot, who's not, what does division look like, who's undefeated, who are the favorites, which you're talking AFC and NFC favorites, you're talking Chiefs, Seattle, that's it right now. Green Bay maybe challenges Seattle, but I really think in the NFC, it's Seattle's to lose. Green Bay is probably right there, but only a two-horse race there, seriously. I don't see anybody from the NFC East or South really challenging Tampa's just, I don't, I don't know, unless they click, find it and they could, and they click and that could possibly happen. And then the AFC, it's really just, I think it's Kansas city or, well, I'm sorry. Uh, AFC is a lot better. It's a lot, a lot more. Like I still think it's Kansas city's to lose, but when Tennessee comes back, they're a really good football team. The AFC North, I don't know if Cleveland's going to sustain it, but you have Pittsburgh and Baltimore who are, can challenge new England, Buffalo, the AFC picture is a lot more wide open. So, NFC is kind of a two-horse race. AFC is definitely the Chiefs, but you got Buffalo, you got Pittsburgh, you got Baltimore, you got Tennessee, you got you got teams that can possibly possibly challenge them. But um, let's take a quick break, just really quick one. Hop into the fantasy football and wrap this up.
let's dive into some fantasy football action. Uh, sorry, I just kicked a garbage can. Um, but yeah, again, like I always do, give you the five from last week, two from this week. So last week's list, first on the list was running back Miles Gaskin of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I thought he was going to be like a lot more involved. He did get 10 carries for 40 yards, three receptions for 22 yards, 9.2 in ESPN League. So not really amazing <laughs> by any means. Um, he didn't get as much action as I honestly thought he would. I thought he'd be used a little bit more. I thought he'd be more effective as a pass catcher, but not a good day for Miles Gaskin. Uh, Miles Gaskins at um, at number four on my list was a tight end of the Dallas Cowboys, Dalton Schultz. So Dalton Schultz was really good, it, it, almost like exactly what I thought would happen in this game with him because they um, Cleveland did not defend tight ends well coming into it. The game just opened up a lot, where it was a ton of points. It's like you'd watch that game and it was like your stimulus with just touchdowns, pass completions, big plays. It was insane. So he got his due. He had eight targets, caught four from 72 yards, and a touchdown, 17.2 points. That's a really good day. Fourth highest scoring tight end in ESPN scoring leagues, George K- behind George Kittle, uh, Robert Tanyan, Tanyan of the of the Packers, and, and Mark Andrews, and he outscored the likes of Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, Evan Ingram. So yeah, very solid day, very good day for Dalton Schultz if you, if you hopped on him in the waiver wire uh, because of what I said, and kudos to you. You got a great day from a tight end. Uh, unfortunately, like I'm, I'm not even going to go into number three because he got hurt. Pittman landed on the IR. Uh, so number two on the list was Keelan Cole. And uh, Keelan Cole, they lost to the Bengals. He had four receptions for 46 yards on five targets, 8.6 points. So nothing really special. And then number one on my list was Russell Cage. And I wasn't sure if he was going to play, and he played. And he wasn't effective. Two receptions, 22 yards, four points. So not a good week. Dalton Schultz was the only good player, only guy who really went off. Um, I apologize. Sometimes I write this article. I write this article very early, like on Sunday. It goes live on Monday. So I'm really basing it off of how you – know, it's very early in the week. So I apologize if you picked up Pittman and he was bad. And he didn't play. I'm sorry. He didn't even play. So that's on me. Um, But, yeah, not the best week. But we'll go in. I'll give you two of the guys from this week's list. So uh, Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk is like going to be a playmaker. The, the Niners are going to love using this kid. He had 13.6 last week when the team lost to the Eagles. Uh, he had one reception for 38 yards and a touchdown. I think he hurdled a guy and then two rushes for 18 yards. Like he, Every time this guy touches the ball, it feels like it's a big play. So he then he will play the um, the Dolphins this week. So four or five to kick off. I'd expect more big plays. I mean, it just I'm pretty sure he had a big rushing play against the Giants in his first game. He has the big play last week. He, he's a really exciting player to watch. So I would I would I would pick up Brandon Ayuk if you need him. Uh, I think it's a good little flex play, maybe even wide receiver in some leagues. And then number two, the second guy I'll give you, Nikhil Harry of the New England Patriots. So again, and I know um I know the past have been dealing with the COVID, so they got moved to Monday night, so they now play Monday against the Broncos, who, like I said last week, gave up a lot of passing yards. Nikhil Harry has been really good for the for the Patriots. And I know that guys I gave you, like Ayuk and Nikhil Harry, might be rostered a little bit more heavily now, um, so I apologize for that. But he had three receptions on six targets for 21 yards and a touchdown, 11.1 points. Yes, his value diminished is a little bit less because Cam isn't playing, but... Against this team like the Broncos, they're going to air it out. They're going to throw the ball downfield. They're going to get those plays, and Nikhil Harry is just the guy. He's practically like the guy who's getting a lot of the the targets right now. So even like I said, this guy, he only had three receptions, but he scored a touchdown, 11.1 points. You'll take that out as a flex, especially as the bye weeks are coming along and so on. So Nikhil Harry, 
of the Patriots, Brandon Ayuk of the San Francisco 49ers, two guys to get, two guys to pick up. As usual, uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for giving it a click. So yeah, next week we're going to you know, we'll break it down. We'll do the same thing all over again. So I hope everybody is staying healthy. I hope everybody is in a good state of mind. And um, we'll see what the Jets do against the Cardinals this week. 